We're back to New World next week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. The new advisory is not based on any actual threats or plots. We've got that story, plus hopefully some good news. But first, indeed, Graveyard of Empires claims another victim. And this was, James, I hadn't actually read it yet. You posted this to CorbettReport.com over the weekend. I believe the timestamp on your site says the 15th which probably means it was still the 14th to me here in the States. This was posted to Corbett Report over the weekend when I guess, actually, James, you should have been playing lottery or pachinko with the amazing crystal ball soothsaying. The war in Afghanistan is over. Long live the war in Afghanistan. Yeah, in case you haven't heard, the U.S. Armed Forces are withdrawing from Afghanistan at the end of this month, and NATO's Resolute Support Mission, which took over from the NATO combat mission that ended in 2014, will wind up at the same time. Folks might remember these are stories, James. You and I have been talking about these last few weeks. I think we set the table quite well. And now, exactly as predicted by us and tons of other people, everything is in chaos. Everything is in chaos. Taliban quickly taking over the country. Stories, of course, developing by the hour as you were writing this, James. So it'll doubtlessly, of course, moved on by the time we were reading this. But as the time of your press Taliban already seized half of Afghanistan's provincial capitals, including, of course, Kandahar and Herat, second and third largest in the country, respectively. And they're on their way, inevitably, to capturing, of course, indeed, Kabul itself. The U.S. military has given up defending the country and is now launching over-the-horizon strikes from Qatar and the Persian Gulf, and, of course, using drone strikes to destroy its own artillery and armored vehicles, which are increasingly falling, of course, into Taliban hands, and of course, probably the Chaikoms and the Ruskies too, I bet. In response, everybody's getting the hell out of Dodge. Denmark evacuating Afghan citizens who worked at its embassy. Canada deploying its special forces to evacuate its own embassy staff and the U.S. military doing likewise and begging the Taliban to pretty please don't hurt us as we run away from another failed American war. No word yet on whether people will be hanging from helicopters as they make their last minute escape. Gosh, James, how on earth did you exactly predict what would unfold? Cue picture of 1975 Joe Biden with with 2021 picture of Joe Biden. Of course, Al-Qaeda is regrouping and we're supposed to be scared. Not because the scary turban boogeyman are coming to get you again, of course, but because the government, media, military, industrial, technological complex want us to be scared, meaning they doubtless got something up their sleeve. And James, it's something you can set your watch to. If folks haven't listened to a whole lot of media monarchy, they may have heard me say sometime over these last nearly 16 years, when it's Reagan, Bushes, and Trumps, Coke is it, and the war is over there, like that old war song said. And when it's the Pepsi choice of the new generation, Carter, Clinton, Obama, it's boogeyman militias under your bed. And of course, in the churches that they firebomb. So of course, as we have predicted, the war in Afghanistan comes home. From whataboutthereroads.co, and again, everything we say, always included down in the show notes. I believe I said last week, Biden's pentagram announced they conducted airstrikes on Afghanistan. And then what, James, a couple days later, it's all just falling apart and they run away. I believe I also said recently on this show something to the effect of, man, they're going to need some big flashy psyop terror to set up the next stage in the whatever the next act in the project for the new American century show. The other thing, James, is it is it odd 
that family members that were harassing people to vote for President Pepsi several months back now don't want to talk at all about all the wars abroad and the police state at home. They just go, oh, you're a troll. James? Well, uh, you were right to point out the interesting timing of that editorial. As I started writing it last week, they were saying the Taliban could take over the country in weeks. And by the time I finished writing that article, they were saying the Taliban could take over the country in days. And by the time I actually published the article, they were saying the Taliban will be there tomorrow. So, <laughs> so it was quite a wild ride, even just watching it unfold. Um, and I hope people will read that whataboutheroads.co article because it gets into some of the deeper issues about this and where this is going from here, talking about how this is coming home to those of you in the U.S. in the domestic terror threat that was just issued by DHS, which is at least tangentially related to what's going on in Afghanistan. The real question here, I think underlying this, what we're seeing right now, these remarkable events, is why now? Because for 20 years, the military-industrial-technological government complex has fought tooth and nail to absolutely scuttle any idea that there was going to be any sort of withdrawal from Afghanistan. Anyone so much as mentioned the idea, it would immediately be shot down. So why now? Why are they going through with it? And in such a spectacular way, um, I'm just like everyone else. I'm just watching from the outside and trying to see how things are unfolding. But um, my sense is that precisely because of the narrative that this is going to provide, this is what happens when you cut and run. This is what it looks like when we don't finish the job. And so instead of taking the real moral from this story, which is, hey, maybe you shouldn't have been there invading and occupying a country for 20 years, clearly against the will of a majority of the population there, trying to essentially, what, I don't know, put toothpaste back in a tube or not even that. That's even the wrong analogy. I mean, I don't even know what the attempt was. Instead of, we shouldn't have been there in the first place. Now, the, uh, the what they're trying to roll out is, well, we shouldn't have left. We should still be there. We should have just kept more troops there forever. And that is definitely one of the narratives they're trying to insert into the mix. Another one is, as I point out in that article, they are now talking about Al-Qaeda's regrouping and uh, the DHS terror threat memo that was just released about this includes not only violent domestic extremists and does highlight that anti-government extremists are uh, a, a continued national security threat, but also specifically references the latest release of the newest copy of uh, Inspire magazine, Al-Qaeda's glossy magazine, which they just released for the first time in four years inciting and asking people to rise up. So there is a lot of, I, I have never seen this much false flag terror emergency sort of warning um, for several years now. They really mm -hmm. haven't put this on the front burner like they are right now as we're coming up to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So I say buckle up and strap in folks because there's going to be some tricks up the sleeve, I have no doubt, that are swirling around this anniversary. And uh, I think there is definitely going to be some contingent of crazed anti-vaxxers, people against the lockdown mandates, etc. There's going to be some something about that. And there's so much to cover about this, but one other story mm -hmm. that I wanted to throw in um, from The Intercept, of all places, yet again. The Taliban have seized U.S. military biometric devices, talking about, oh yeah, by the way, 
those you those biometric devices we were using to screen everyone in the country and to get all of their biometric details they've fallen into Taliban hands now and now that the bad people have this type of technology now they can use it to hunt down their political enemies so of course they're tacitly admitting this is essentially a weapon system it's at least a way of databasing and cataloging everyone so that when the bad people want to crack down they can crack down on who they want but the U.S. government would never do that. They're the angels descended from heaven who are the good guys. It's only now that the Taliban have this technology that it's bad technology, right? I, is that the same Taliban that actually eradicated poppy cultivation? And, of course, it ratcheted back up the second U.S. poppy farmers slash soldiers went in 20 years ago. James, this would also be for folks who might not remember. That's the Al-Siyayeta created by, oh, shucks, Democrat Jimmy Carter and Zbigniew Brzezinski. And then, of course, what happens later? Reagan gets to exploit it. A couple years later, oh, Bush gets to go back in. It is, again, lather, rinse, repeat. James, should I text my, remember everybody, my freaked out DC friend who I hadn't heard from in a long time who suddenly said he was legit shook about the insurrection? Should I text him back and say, man, I'm legit shook by the insurrection. I'm here if you need to come tell me I was right and that you're sorry. That probably wouldn't go over very well, I guess, but uh, not worried about it so much anymore. Any any thoughts on that, James, before we move on? I think we'll just uh, we'll leave it there. Leave it there. That's as the folks say, I'm just, just going to leave this here. Yes. In case you missed it, and this is what you're referencing, James, and this is the point where the war comes home. U.S. Homeland Security, set up by Supreme Court-appointed baby Bush with legislation written before 9-11, now says potential terror threats, opposition to COVID measures, claims of election fraud, belief Trump can be reinstated, and 9-11 anniversary and religious holidays. Homeland Security says Americans upset by public health safety measures could be terror threats. That's despite the fact that, of course, as Comcast NBC News reports the new advisory is not based on any actual threats or plots, but was spurred by a rise in anti-government rhetoric connected to, of course, mask and vaccine mandates. We'll include the PDF of U.S. Homeland Security summary of the terrorism threat to the U.S. homeland. And I just told you the summary. It's a bunch of fear mongering made up bull plop. But again, they are trying to set up the civil war. All right, that is your first slice of Hellscape on this New World Next Week, episode 456, our second completely predictable segment. Disturbing study results indicate babies born during pandemic have lower IQs. Preliminary findings by researchers in a new U.S. study allege that children born during the pandemic exhibit significantly lower IQ scores than babies who were born before January 2020. The culprit could be the fact that the first thousand days of a child's life are the most crucial in their development cycle. The pandemic has impacted that growth period. According to this study, pre-pandemic babies estimated in the study to have an IQ ranging from 98.5 to 107.3. Babies born during the pandemic saw their IQ shockingly drop 27 to 37 points. The abstract from the study reads, and it's a bit wordy, since the first reports of novel coronavirus in 2020, public health organizations have advocated preventative policies to limit virus, including stay-at-home orders that closed businesses, daycare, schools, playgrounds, and limited child learning and typical activities. Fear of infection and possible employment loss has placed stress on parents, while parents who could work from home face challenges in both working and providing full-time attentive childcare. 
For pregnant individuals, fear of attending prenatal visits also increased maternal stress, anxiety, and depression. Not surprising, there has been concern over how these factors, as well as missed educational opportunities, reduced interaction, stimulation, and creative play with other children might impact child neurodevelopment. We find that children born during the pandemic have significantly reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance compared to children born pre-pandemic. Moreover, we find that males and children in lower socioeconomic families have been most affected. Another fantastic mission accomplished, James, and in that patriarchy, making sure the frogs don't turn gay, but of course have both sets of genitals. PDF, impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on early child cognitive development, initial findings in a longitudinal observational study of child health. James? Well, the, uh, the, if you go and click through and actually read the study, you will see that uh, they did uh, sort for socioeconomic differences, and they found that people who were richer, essentially, were more protected so that their babies were less affected by this. And uh, poorer people had uh, babies that were having more cognitive development difficulties. So that that's an interesting and perhaps predictable development. But here's the comparison I want to see done. I want to see a comparison of those families that are going full tilt into the uh, anti-social distancing lockdown New, new normal where they're instilling fear of other human beings into their children versus families, these horrible, anti-vax, dangerous, violent extremists who actually want to, I don't know, be free and live with, uh, with other people and, and have normal human interactions and see the, the difference between children of those families and see if there may be some difference in cognitive development in, amongst that. But this is the real story, not the scamdemic, but the effects of the scamdemic restrictions that are not just increasing poverty and not just increasing stress-related illnesses and problems and interfering with people's ability to cope with those problems or seek treatment for those problems, not just leading to deaths of despair, but literally retarding the cognitive development of people's children. This is absolutely disgusting. And unfortunately, again, this is just one of many, many effects of these restrictions that are way worse than any disease they are telling you to be afraid of, mm -hmm. as always. So I think that needs to be underlined. Also, I fear that this is unfortunately also going to play into another underlying message, not just of this operation, but essentially of the deep state itself and what it is aiming for, which is an, a fundamentally anti-human, anti-life message. And the message that they are trying to drill into the population right now is, oh, don't have children. Don't have children. They're going to be dumb children if you have them now. You should just <laughs> stop having children, which of course plays into the fundamental, um, the fundamental psyop, which is to convince us to want our own extinction which unfortunately that PSYOP is working wonders and more and more people are buying into it. So I would caution against that and would once again stress that I would imagine there is difference in cognitive development between children who are being taught to fear other human beings and children who are not. But having said all of that, meanwhile in New Zealand, one virus case puts New Zealand into nationwide lockdown. One case puts the entire country into a nationwide lockdown that we know, amongst all the other things, is literally retarding the development of children. This is disgusting. And, oh, 
by the way, it looks like, from what I can see from a recent live stream, it looks like the bastards nabbed Vinny Eastwood, who was there protesting the lockdown. Uh, you can watch him getting arrested on his live stream. So there you go, the violent anti-vaxxer extremists who are against these lockdowns and social distancing and all this. Well, good, they got another one before he became a mm -hmm. domestic terror threat, right? Yeah. How dare you protest this nationwide lockdown? Don't you know there was one case that was reported? Unbelievable. But Hellscape 2021. And that's what St. Bill Hicks said. They want to they go us into it. You all saw him. He had a gun. So this study, James, goes back to Rhode Island, the one with the lower IQ babies. It's not actually a ton of babies. It's not a giant study. So the extra thing would be, hey, maybe do more of this research, because I'm sure Gates and Rockefeller will totally pony up the dough to fund these studies. James, uh, another kind of follow-up question. I will ask for a response for you. Just could be rhetorical, but it's not anymore. How can the My Body, My Choice defund the cops crew want those same cops to forcibly inject other people's bodies with MAGA jabs against their choice and Keep a straight face. I don't have to still know how the wheels are still on this PSYOP. Yeah, excellent question. And I can't answer it because well, it makes no sense to me. If there is anyone in our audience who for some reason actually holds those beliefs, those contradictory beliefs, please explain it. <laughs> I'd be, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, we, yeah, we need some help. Uh, finally, in our really never-ending, always ongoing brainstorming sessions for what we're going to talk about on New World next week. This last week, Brock said he was going to find some good news because we've really needed it. Brock came back with Scamdemic making babies stupid. So <laughs> it is up to me to bring some kind of good news next week. And it's not going to be about how Nick Cave and Henry Rollins are pushing the MAGA jabs now either. Third and final story on this New World Next Week, episode 456, an historic win as the FCC loses lawsuit on safety guidelines for 5G and wireless. And we grabbed this from the folks that brought the case, childrenshealthdefense.org. One, it's historic case against the Federal Communications Commission, the US FCC, a case that was challenging the FCC's decision not to review its 1996 health and safety guidelines regarding wireless-based technologies, of course, including 5G. U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit published its decision on August 13th, which we, of course, also have a link to. The court ruled that the FCC failed to consider the non-cancer evidence regarding adverse health effects of wireless technology when it decided that its 1996 radio frequency emission guidelines protect the public's health. You might remember there was a Pepsi in the White House that time, really distracted, of course, by wars of aggression and, of course, you know, sex pest problems. The court's judgment states the case be remanded to the commission to provide a reasoned explanation for its determination that its guidelines adequately protect against harmful effects of exposure to radio frequency radiation. Children's Health Defense Chairman and Attorney on the case, the one and only Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said the court's decision exposes the FCC and FDA as captive agencies that have abandoned their duty to protect public health in favor of a single-minded crusade to increase telecom industry profits. James, we could just change some of those nouns out and it would be to protect, of course, and increase pharmaceutical biosecurity industry profits. 
So 5G, James, it seems like it must have been one of those hair on fire cases that the FDA rushes through that we talked about way in last week, I think. The follow-up article, as, as, as Children's Health Defense actually does have several articles related to this story because they've been fighting the case and updating it with, with numerous articles. I'll just give you the second one. FCC failed to consider evidence of harm, including to children, from 5G and wireless radiation court rules. Court ruled the commission's 1996 health guidelines related to non-cancer harms. Because, again, they've got a whole cancer industry set up. They know how to deal with all that. They fund all the studies. They're not going to look at, of course, all the other problems. The court ruled the commission's 96 health guidelines related to non-cancer harms from 5G and wireless were capricious, arbitrary, and not evidence-based. James? Yes. All right. And there is a lot of information behind this. They submitted 11,000 pages of uh, documents to, to back up their petition. So, yeah, there's there's a, a lot of reading for you, some bedtime reading if you need some. Um, so, yes, this is this is a victory of sorts. Um, how much of a victory and what does it actually accomplish in the courts is a question. I'm just reading the, the decision uh, myself for the first time, but it looks like uh, it says, for example, petitioners argue that the commission, the FCC, violated the requirements of the Administrative Procedure Act by failing to respond to significant comments. And petitioners, petitioners also argue that the National Environmental Policy Act required the commission to issue an environmental assessment or environmental impact statement regarding its decision to terminate its notice of inquiry. So essentially, if I'm reading this right, what, what is going to be required is that the commission will have to respond to significant comments and will have to issue an environmental assessment. I mean, I'm not holding my breath that that's actually going to change the rulemaking that they've engaged in here, which, but I, I think the real victory here is hopefully outlets like this one and everyone who's listening can help to spread this information and awareness of this issue that I'm sure a lot of people out there have never even heard of. But, oh, there's a problem with this 5G technology or whatever's coming. I, I, I don't know anything about it. Well, it hasn't. I haven't seen anything in the courts about it. Well, now you have. Here it is. And, oh, by the way, here's 11,000 pages of documentation that I can give you to back up the fact that there may be something here that they weren't taking into consideration when they made the initial rules on what is safe radio uh, uh, frequency uh, radiation in 1996. Yeah, things have progressed a little in the past 25 years. And uh, those 1996 rules are no longer adequate, and here's why. So this is, this is, at the very least, a good opportunity to spread information about this important health-related subject in this time when, supposedly, we're all concerned about health. And health is the number one priority on the planet, and being healthy is the thing that we will literally shut down the earth and, and retard our children and everything over. Why not? So, hey, can we look at this health issue? Or are we only allowed to look at one case, one case in New Zealand? Let's shut down the country. But, oh, by the way, here is this 5G radiation that's, you know, frying you and whatever. But who cares about that, right? Well, is it that, oh, one, one case is a tragedy, but a whole giant millions of people, that's just statistics they lie about in a history book. So some not unmitigated good news on this episode. And of course, as the saying goes, forewarned is forearmed. If you are, of course, longtime watchers of New World Next Week, you might have friends and family that you know you can't hand this video to them. It's like, what? 30, 20 minutes? I don't know. 
the show notes. Just give people the show notes. And if sometimes our show notes maybe are from sources that you know, oh man, they're not going to like this, go find it from some new source that they will trust. That's generally one of the biggest tools I try and use for kind of sharing information for people that don't want to hear it is give it to them from a source that my, my Amazon post said that. Hopefully opening up other doors that they might start to question things. In closing on this New World Next Week, episode 456, of course, for nearly probably over the last year now, James, we've been using my American P.O. Box for folks that want to support myself, that want to support you, that maybe don't do the digital money thing. They can, of course, find the address down in the show notes, along with all the other support options that I haven't been kicked off of yet, James. I'm trying to, of course, continue to fly under the radar, but... That's why we're doing the post office box thing, so I can continue to support my colleagues around the world. And of course, one of the good ways that I can get people in to do that support is tell them they can always hear the exclusive audio of every brand new New World Next Week episode before it is published anywhere. It's not on CorbettReport.com. It's not on Odyssey. You can only hear it on Media Monarchy after the sick, sad world-styled Thursday morning monarchy show that is... Not safe for work and sometimes not safe for life. Yeah, if you didn't know, I'm basically a radio station. I stream real news, truth music, and spicy, spicy memes Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. James? Yeah, the Thursday edition of Morning Monarchy is often, as you call it, gnarly. So uh, (laughs) be forewarned and forearmed about that. But also, yeah, stick around for New World Next Week audio. So anyway, um, lots of important information. And if you do get value out of this, I hope you will support it. It's the only way we can continue to bring it to you. On that note, we're going to be back next week doing it again and again and again and again. So I hope you'll all be there to support us in that endeavor. James, thank you for the stories. See you next week. Thanks, buddy. Take care.